Jackson and Jason fishing on Caroga Lake. We'll stop here. Ready? Yes. Throw it in. Dad, what fish are in here? Lots of them. Bass, trout, perch, and others. Dad, are we poor? Well, kind of. Why? Is that why we fish? Somewhat. But we also fish just to catch. For the thrill of catching something. The battle of wills. The struggle of being against creature. It seems like that just hurts the creature, right? Well, maybe. Sun is the eternal struggle of man versus environment. The struggle to survive. We have our tasks with accepting our abilities and using them to help us succeed in this world and using others' tendencies to help us overcome them, to get ahead, to excel. And if someone tries to stop us, we stop them. Put them down. And if someone else has to suffer so we can survive, or a bass or a trout, then that is just a cycle of life. Nothing more, nothing less. Hmm. Seems sad. Did God do this? God wouldn't do this to his people, your mother believes. But I don't, son. In this world, you need to decide. That's what separates the winners from the losers. Understand? Yes, Dad. What you feel about a man or woman or dog or perch depends on a lot of things, a lot of inputs, and to sort out what info you need to make decisions about its worth. It's your mom's religion. In order to survive, you're going to have to start deciding if what she says is important to you. Sooner or later, you're going to have to learn for yourself. I like going to church. But do you know why you go? To talk to God. I see. Well, I would hope you come up with a better reason, one that is slightly more logical. Dad, I'm only 10. Yes, I see that. But you have to start someplace, right? Look, son, there's something on your line. At police headquarters, Detective Fox talks to the chief. Yes, sir. No, not yet. We're waiting for the toxicology report. The autopsy was specific. Yes, sir. I've interviewed the family except for the home health aide. He's... No, sir. He's a subcontractor with a family. Yes, sir. He was on the top of my list. Also, the family friend gave me a feeling. I'll have to talk to her again. Okay, yes, all of them again. I'll talk to toxicology again today. Yes, thank you, sir. I'll keep you posted. Okay, Jackson, here we go. Gotta get your pants and shirt on before Mark gets here. Oops, <laughs> your barn door was open. Better zip that up, huh? Okay. You made a living out of talking, and all you can say is okay. Breakfast. Yes, of course. Mrs. M? Yes, Mark, we're in here. Mark's here. Good woman. Now we're talking. He needs his socks and shoes on, and I'll make breakfast. Want anything? No, thanks. How are you, Jackson? Good. Miriam leaves her husband and goes to start breakfast. She stops at Jason's room and stares in. God, you are severely testing me, and I surrender. Mark finishes dressing Jackson and wheels him into the kitchen. 
He says French toast. French toast it is. We'll check vitals now, Jackson. Hold still. When is your next support group, Mrs. McDonald? Mark? I call you Mark. You call Jackson, Jackson. Please call me Miriam. We're new, but not that new. Sorry, Miriam. Old Southern habit. Just a little pressure, Jackson. Hurt. You want to try childbirth? No. <laughs> you married, Mark? No, never been. Well, that's your business, I suppose. Just your temperature now, Jackson. Good. You're free to go. Didn't you ask me a question? Yes, a uh, support group. Oh, my. I am losing my mind. Uh, this week, but I may skip it. Mm. Jason? Yes? I am sorry for Jason, Mrs. M. I know. Did you get to know him? A little. He was a good kid. Is a good kid. He is alive in this household. Never forget it. Yes, Miriam. Very much loved. Take Jackson to the table. His French toast is almost ready. I'll tell you, Mark. The world's worst pain isn't losing a spouse or Jackson losing all his knowledge and memory of me. It's in losing a blessed child like Jason, like ripping a hole in my heart and mind, my soul. It's a darkness that is nearly indescribable. Do you have children, Mark? No, never had, but... There are no buts here. Imagine your most treasured person taken out to a field and killed without purpose, without redeeming feature. If he had done something to deserve this treatment, I might be able to bring myself to understand, but that boy did nothing wrong ever, except cuss, that is. I got the feeling he was a unique and amazing person. Yes, he was. I'm sorry to go on about it. You buried your son. Nothing needs to be said by me. You do understand. Thank you. I'll be using the treadmill for a while. Put the dishes in the sink and bug me if you have to. Okay, Miriam. Woman. Oh, come on, old man. At the library, Rachel puts a book on the return card and turns to check a patron's record. She is interrupted by a short man in a khaki trench coat and a shoulder bag. Rachel? Yes, detective? Can I talk to you a few minutes about Jason McDonald? Yes, okay. This way. Will you cover the desk? Sure. They go to the back and sit. How can I help? Could you tell me where you last saw Jason? Time of day as well. He was sitting in his room about 2 o'clock on a Thursday. You know when a cat howls, the adrenaline pumps and courses through them so much that they begin to pant involuntarily. And if left unattended, they may run into a door and explode. Jason, are you all right? I'm never all right. What have you been drinking? Scotch? You can't drink on your meds. Jason! Do you not know me? The pressure I'm under? What pressure? You hardly go out of your room. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And again, be perfect as I am perfect. And again, pray without ceasing. And again, God's words should not drive you mad. But they have. And the lack of them does the same. I don't know how you do it. Do what? Live without him. 
Jason, I'm going to tell you once, my faith is one of the oldest there is, and my faith is the one who created all, just like all the Christian sects. So just because I don't go around quoting the Torah all day to whomever doesn't mean my faith is lacking. On the contrary, it means I don't have to. Besides, look at you. You don't believe in your half drunk. I'll drunk if you ask me. I don't like you like this. Here, get into bed. No. Tell me what I can do. Do you have any mints? Mints? Yeah, hold on. Put them on the table and leave. Jason! Go, please. Any idea as to why he was so upset? He was mentally ill. Mentally ill people get upset. You didn't answer the question. Do you have any idea? No, I don't. And where were you when you heard of his death? I was with McDonald's at their house. Were you with anybody then, in addition to the family? Yes, my boyfriend Richard. Last name? Crewson. How long have you been a couple? A couple of two years. And how long have you known Jason? Almost four years. Did Jason seem to have any enemies that you know of? He had no enemies. He just spent two and a half years virtually locked in his room, self-imposed. He had very little contact with anybody outside. And you cared for him there? I read to him, brought him books and food. He was one of the sweetest people I know. So, no enemies? I don't see how he could have. Mm, I see. I think I have what I need. Except, how can I get a hold of Richard? I'll give you the number. As the day winds down... Mom? Mom? Yes? Oh, hi, dear. I didn't hear you come in. That's okay. How's Dad? How about me? No hug? <laughs> Sorry. How are you both? Jackson's asleep. He's worn out. I'm tired. What brings you around? Mom, I came to read the book. I brought the scones. Are you all right? Oh, yes. I just have too many things going on in my head. Well, okay. I just don't want to have to put you in a wheelchair, too. I suppose you'll be doing that soon enough. Rachel is coming soon, in the next 15 minutes. I'll put on a kettle for tea. I just don't know where the time got to. Mark just left. He's such a nice boy. Never been married. <laughs> Good for him. I could fix you up. Uh, thanks, but don't bother. I'm careful with men around Grace. I'll find my own man, Mom. How's that working out for you? <laughs> it's not. I'm not ready, matchmaker. It's very comforting to me to have you girls over to read Jason's book. I think he would be pleased to have this attention being lavished on him. He was always a little narcissist. Margaret Ann, don't speak of your brother like that. He can't defend himself. He defends himself quite well, actually, with his book. Yes, I guess he does. Hello? Sorry, I'm early. Hi, dear. How are you? Oh, I had a tough day at the office. How are you? Fine, just fine. What was so tough today? Just work stuff. <laughs> you take in books, you give out books. How hard could it be? Detective Fox came to talk to me. What did he have to say? He asked me questions about the last day I saw Jason, about our relationship, about Richard. What did you tell him? What I told you last time, that I saw Jason the day he disappeared without incident. Not much to tell. Also about Richard's number. Did he tell you anything about the way he died? 
I mean, the cause of death? No, nothing, but he wouldn't. I'm not family. You're family to us. Thanks. What's in the bag? Scones. Oh, okay. Well, I'll get out a platter then. Help me with the tea, would you? They brought the tea into the living room where the three ring binders sat open on the glass coffee table. I keep expecting a call from APD about Jason any day now. I would expect so, but they have their own timetable. They wouldn't delay without a good reason. Do you think he was murdered? I don't know. Well, I know that endless speculation does no good whatsoever. So let's just focus on whatever we can do to move on. Focus on the positive and honor Jason by remembering his goodness and creativity because that's what we have left, okay? Okay. okay. Good. Scones? Sounds like a segue. Thanks, Mom. Looks like you picked a story. I promised myself I wouldn't jump ahead of you two, but I confess I read this one. Really? What is it about? I won't reveal, so sip your tea, put it down, and share the book. That's all I will say. Rachel and Margaret pick up the book and place it in front of them. Can't tell the reason why I hang onto the minutiae minutia of, of my, my life. life. I was 10, and my dog, the family golden retriever Rufus, became ill, suffered, and died within weeks of the diagnosis. I was 10 and could barely understand what a tumor was, but could understand the unfairness of it all, and that God was to blame, the same God who had used to talk to me on a daily basis, but now stood silent at the mention of the word cancer. In my mind, this silence was damning his character to hell, and in exercising my judgments, I was actually damning myself. I didn't know this then, nor could I have possibly been able to verbalize that this was a watershed moment, that my psyche, still yet unformed, would find a way to survive through this and any trial, with or without God, or anybody for that matter, because I had to. I came to find out the truth about dependency in all its insidious forms, and that I could on one day be subsisting quite nicely, and the next be holed up in a dull beige cell and closet, being force-fed chemicals that altered my mind, soul, spirit, in the name of health and well-being. This pain is all relative, and I do fixate on it. And my friends and family have done their best, but I do obsess. It's how I'm built. And these details all add up to a functional, functional malfunction. malfunction. And worth is hard to find, so it is any wonder I... I didn't know this story. Rufus was a good dog. No, I mean about his views about God there. Rachel, in all those countless hours together, you never talked about that? He would ask me questions about God and faith, and I answered how I could, but I'm Jewish, and he asked me questions about other faiths, as if he enjoyed just questioning. I may not have been the best teacher for him. Nonsense. He was all smiles after you left him. Oh, sorry, that didn't come out right. I know what you mean, and thanks. He did mention all along to me how he didn't know God anymore and wanted to see proof before believing. I guess I'm the only one left out of the loop. Maybe the next story will tell us more. Now, now, we agreed. Only one per day. Now, don't you think we should honor that? No. No. <laughs> Ordinarily, I like my vows and try to keep them, but since I've been outvoted, try the next one. The night's language of near and their voices, of pangs of guilt, of cries of more, 
echo like neon words emblazoned upon flesh and bone. A symptomatic symphony of pain and treasure poured out where hope and trust fail and where fear finds willing hosts. The night calls in twos and threes, resplendent and feverish upon our dream-filled minds, calling us out on our laden beds to earn our way to heaven or to fall despairingly back to earth. Interesting. Different. Our boy fancied himself a Kerouac. Can we read one more? Yes, Miriam. The cat's out of the bag now. Oh, I'm afraid not, sweethearts. Two is tonight's limit. So we're going to have to find some other way of expressing ourselves. And by the way, nice having you two here to help me with things. I can't think of anything better right now than this. Same here. Yes. Now, why don't we just sit and chat and enjoy these fabulous scones? Yes. Mrs. McDonald? Who is this, please? My name is Lisa Nichols, Capital Region News. News Channel 14. Yes, I, I see you on TV. How can I help you? I'm doing a story on your son's death. Passing. Sorry, passing. May I come up? You're outside? Look, Miss Nichols, I respect your work, but you need to respect our privacy. We are grieving here. Please, have a heart. Yes, ma'am. Good night. In a darkened room sits a figure, feet up in an old recliner, a column of smoke from an unattended cigarette climbing from a metal ashtray. Yo! Richard Cruson? Yes? This is Detective Fox from the Amsterdam Police Department. Would like to ask you some questions. Can you come in tomorrow at 10? No. How about 12? I'm out of town till Friday. Can we do this over the phone? You have something to say to me? No, I mean, whatever you need. I need for you to come in. Let's make a date then. Would you like to answer some questions now? Whatever you need, man. I have a file on you in front of me. Juvie, misdemeanors. How can I trust you'll answer me truthfully? Because I'm straight up. Straight up, okay. Were you friends with Jason McDonald? Yes, for two years. How did you meet him? Through my girlfriend, Rachel. Those are both good answers. I told you, man, straight up. Do you know any enemies that Jason may have had? None. The guy was a saint, a little bit crazy, but kept to himself. What about your girlfriend? Didn't she spend some time with him? Yeah, so? Helping the handicap. So it didn't bother you? Not in the slightest. He was harmless. You don't think a man like that could have enemies? I guess anything's possible in this world, but I really don't think he could. What business are you in, Richard? Construction. I'm a framing and finished carpenter. How long have you done that? Six years this summer. Not much work this time of year, is there, for the framing? No, but the finish work keeps me busy. What's your location on this phone? Farmingdale. I'm visiting a cousin. What's your cousin's name? Louisa Vega. Where was the last time you saw Jason? Um, at his house, the night before he went missing. What did he say to you? He said he was sick of being sick, and he asked me to stand by him no matter what. His words? His words. Thank you. Can I reach you at this number if I have any further questions? Yes, anytime. Thank you. Did you hear that? Every word. 
he doesn't sound like he knows anything. With the police, sometimes the tail wags the dog. What? Never mind. The essence of it is this. First comes suspicion, then he might discover something and put us out of business. That boy could be the death of us, Savvy. Yes, of course. If we sit here long enough, perhaps our options could become clearer. Or you could pay for that. We could get the hell out of Dodge. Yes, here. Well, son, we caught quite a few, didn't we? Yes, Pops. I like it when you call me Pops, but you knew that, didn't you? Of course. I may be on the road again next week, Jason. So what's new? Gets old real fast, doesn't it? Yes. I put in for a transfer. It's just the company only wants me in one spot, on the road. They say it's what I'm best at. What the heck do they know? I know that if you start with heck, the real bad words can't be far behind. So start cleaning up your mouth now, or there will be loads of trouble to come, especially from your mother. Yes, sir. What does your mother teach you about God? Mostly that God is and that he loves everybody. Like your mom and I love you, right? Yes, but better. What could be better than how she and I love you? I don't know. I didn't offend you earlier, did I? About being self-sufficient? No, that's just how you believe. I know that. I'm just trying to prepare you for what your mom's teaching can't or won't. I know. Dad, why don't you love Margaret? I do love Margaret. She's your twin. Then why isn't she here with us on a school day? She didn't want to come. Said she had to test or something. So why aren't I being punished for missing school? You are. I see. But Dad? Here, have a soda. But I'm not allowed soda. You are now. What do you say? Thanks. Dad? Son? You didn't think that giving me this soda would shut me up, did you? <laughs> of course not. Sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. Thank you for listening to Minutia. Please tune in for further episodes. The players for this episode include Adam Starnes as Jason McDonald, Richard C. Johnson as Jackson McDonald, Cheryl Charbonneau as Miriam McDonald, Katrina Wilkinson as Margaret McDonald, Malia Frazik as Rachel Levine, Roger Kennedy as Richard Cruson, Dave DeFazio as Mark Ingraham, Patty O'Toole as Lisa Nichols, Bill Nevitt as Father Fitzgerald, Kyle Jenks as Detective Fox, Mary Lyford as Aaliyah Worth, Robert Boyer as Young Jason, Homer Charbonneau as the narrator. Special thanks to the Century Club Amsterdam, New York, Tom Foster from Spinner Productions for recording this event, and Aaron Sickler of Aaron Sickler Music for sound effects. Special thanks to the Amsterdam United Methodist Church for providing rehearsal space during production, and thanks to Gary Wager for special music.